Welcome to Freeman on Real Estate, the podcast about the hard facts behind what's going on in real estate. Realtor Mike Freeman of Coldwell Banker, who holds an MBA in finance, draws from his financial background and deep network to bring the most value for anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest. Hey, it's David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network, podcasting here from our studio in Westwood, Massachusetts, and alongside me, of course, is Mike Friedman. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you today? Not too bad. Not too bad. On today's episode, we are going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff, mentoring, teaching, and really leadership in the industry. And I know we're going to talk about these uh, seminars that you put on, Mike. So I know you've been doing this for a number of years. So do you think it's important to not just serve your clients, but also sort of serve the industry as well and be a resource for others who want to learn about it? Absolutely. And I always tell people that if they just want to talk about real estate, that I love talking about real estate and I'm here for them to do that. And I'll put that on Facebook. I'll do an update about the market and I'll say something like, do you just, do you want to talk about the market? Do you want to talk about your situation? Even if you're not looking to buy or sell, give me a call. Let's just talk. Right. So you told me before we started recording that you've been tapped to be a mentor to other realtors. And that to me, in my career, I've had various occasions to be mentored and to mentor others. And when it works, it's just the greatest thing in the world. And it's, it's, you don't get that sort of guidance from elsewhere. Tell us about how you got involved in that. Yeah, so there's this is my second career. I've been doing this for almost eight years. So I haven't been doing it for thirty, but long enough that I should know what I'm doing by now. And I, I guess my <laughs> manager, yeah. I guess my manager recognized that, and she she uh, asked me to come meet with her one day and said. We have a few new people who have started, and you're the kind of agent who I'd like to have somebody learn from. And I had not yet been a mentor. It was something I was interested in. I'd expressed that to previous managers, but actually not to her. So it was nice that she approached me and said, I'd like somebody to learn the business from you, learn how to supposedly be a good realtor. So I had her approach me, and she assigned me to work with somebody, and then separately, there's someone else who was new to the business and I met this person and she actually approached me and said, if I have questions, can I come to you? Can you be my quote unquote mentor without being official? Unofficial mentor. Right. Yeah. And, and then it turned out that she had a very complicated transaction that I want to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit. And I've essentially become her, I've essentially become her real mentor. And yep. to the point where she said, I'm not going to just buy you a nice dinner. Like I'm giving you some money. I'm giving you a portion of my commission because <laughs> you have spent so much time on this, which is true. Yep. I wasn't going to demand it, but this is not my style. <laughs> right. But it got to that point where she's like, okay, you've managed this whole thing. So, well, it must, it must be, she's relatively new. She's, Brandon? she's young and she's new. Okay. Both of these people are, are young and new to the business. So a lot younger than I was when I started in the business. Well, it must be, you got to have a good re- relationship with your mentor. It, it th- these things don't always work out, but when it works out, the the persons who being who being mentored, I think, can, knows that they can trust you and turn to you with questions, whether 
big or small, and and maybe in some cases questions that they think are too stupid to say out loud. Like, Mike, Mike I can ask you because I trust you and I'm not embarrassed, but you know, do I really have to file this form? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It, it, does that sort of thing arise? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. In, in fact, just a couple hours ago before I came here, somebody said to me, and I don't expect, you know, the audience to know anything about this. I didn't. Right. But this person didn't realtor and she said, this house has knob and tube wiring. I don't know anything about that. Should I know? I'm a realtor. Right. <laughs> My client is looking to me to explain it. Should I know what knob and tube is? Yeah. And I said, you will. You're going to know in about five minutes. <laughs> That's good. Because there's not a lot you need to know other than 100 years ago, the type of electricity that existed was literally knob and tube, knobs and oh, tubes. Wow. It's before there were, before not only circuit breakers, which a lot of people have now, but before fuse boxes. Mm. It was knob and tube. And so a lot of houses, including my house that I just sold that was built in 1840, there was this old knob and tube. It had been inactive for probably 100 years, but it was there. Mm. Unfortunately for this transaction, it's active. Mm. And it's considered a safety hazard. Insurance companies will not insure you if there's active knob and tube. Really? You will be rejected outright. It's considered a safety hazard, which is... So um, what do you do? You got to replace it? You got to replace it. Okay. And that's what's going on in this deal right now, why this woman contacted me. She said, I know there's knob and tube. What do we have to do? The client just just called me and said, okay, so when I move in this house, I know they're going to... They will have removed the knob and tube. Am I going to plug something into the wall and it won't work? <laughs> right. And so sometimes yeah. you get questions like that, and they're great questions. They're simple, yeah. but at the end of the day, that's all you want to know. I'm going to plug in my TV. Is the TV going to go on? Yeah. So, right. so what I told her is, do you remember? Because I wasn't at the inspection. I said, do you remember being at the inspection? If he said, the inspector said that it was a live knob and tube or old knob and tube that's still there. She said, I don't know. I said, well, let's look at the inspection report. And so she took it out, and it said that it's active. And it's only part of the house. It's not the whole house. So that really makes it a valid question. When it's removed, are they putting in something new? Are they putting in Are they putting in uh, circuit breakers, like a brand-new house? And so she looked at the contract, not the inspection report. She looked at the actual purchase and sale contract, which is going to be signed tomorrow. And that's what the attorney put in, that it's going to be replaced with it's going to be a licensed electrician who puts in a new electrical system that is up to code for today. He didn't literally say circuit breakers, but he said it needs to be replaced, not just removed. And you need to get that clear in the contract. And you have an attorney who's going to be your advocate and do that. But we as realtors have to be actively involved too and, and make sure the problems are solved, not just that someone else is going to maybe take care of it. Well, it's a good thing she asked the right questions of you and became more knowledgeable about it. It's a scary thing because you always want to give your clients good advice as your mentee does, but you don't, but you, you want to look like you know what you're talking about. And I remember when I, I was a financial advisor for about five and a half years. And so that was my second career. Now I'm on career number like 17, but, another <laughs> story. but, but I remember going to a guy who for a short while became my mentor and I said, but they're going to ask me, my clients are going to ask me about something I've never heard of before. I know it's going to happen. And he said, yeah. He goes, it still happens to me. He says, just get used to saying, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to find out for you if, if that matters. 
And, and that's exactly what we, what we do. And yep. I've actually learned in this transaction because it has there were other aspects to it that I could go on and on. But in this transaction, there have been so many things that some of them I've seen before, like the knob and tube. But there were other things that I haven't, and I've had and I've learned. So it hasn't been just the person I'm mentoring who's learned. But sometimes you're right. I've had to say I don't know. I have to look it up or. I have to talk to somebody else, and there have been some examples of this transaction. And part of what's made this one more complicated, and you see this all the time, it's been a very difficult customer. Mm. And there was actually a there was a group text message between the three of us, and at one point she actually said to me, not to the other agent, "You're not listening." <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and so this is where you have to kind of yep. check. And then she called me mm. without. You know the agent. This is the, the agent on the other side of the deal, right? No, it was the client. Oh, it was the client. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, the, okay. It wasn't the agent that I was mentoring. It was her client, and so I was very cognizant of the fact that this is her client. So when when she mm. called me, the customer, I said, I don't really feel comfortable talking to you without right. Amanda, the the mentee. Right. They're actually both named Amanda, and they have the same last name except for one letter. So, oh my god, yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> But I said, I don't feel comfortable talking to you unless this other agent is on the line because you're her customer. You're not my customer. I'm helping. I'm her mentor. Um, I'm helping with this situation. But let's get her on the line as well. Smart. Yeah, because you don't want to set that as precedent for sure. So that – and the the end of that story is that did it get – is it still ongoing or is is that – to be resolved, the knob and tube thing? <laughs> so the knob and tube thing just got resolved today okay. because it's in the contract, the purchase sale, that the electrician is going to come in and uh, replace it with modern standards. Purchase sale is going to be signed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, should be clear sailing, but there's still the mortgage. And that has to happen. And that's, I think about three, four weeks away, and then the deal will close. So mm-hmm. in, in real estate, we always say nothing happens until it closes. And mm-hmm. we don't get paid until it closes. Probably <laughs> the only business where that's the case, that right. it has to officially be on record. So this one's on, on its way. Tomorrow it'll be in better shape, but it's not over till it's over. <laughs> exactly. So that's an example of you helping someone in the industry in her ascent as, as a realtor. But... You also give advice that could be applicable for anyone interested in buying a home, selling a home, or just interested in real estate. I'm talking about your seminars. We've mentioned them before on the podcast. Tell us how long you've been doing that and what people expect from them when they show up at one of your one of your gigs. So I've been doing them about five or six years, so most of my time in the business. And I got this idea from a friend I grew up with who was the president of a real estate company in Colorado that had like 600 agents and he and his partner grew the company to that level by doing seminars and he said to me all these years ago you'd be really good at this you're good at storytelling you're good at the numbers we focused on the numbers we looked at trends it wasn't a home buyer seminar or home seller seminar because anyone can do that mm. but if you show that you're an expert in the data and, and you can translate that for people so that they understand the trends that's how you can differentiate yourself. So that's what I've done. That's where I use my finance background. So I'll take a, a lot of data from MLS and put it into charts and show trends. And I always try to show different measures, different locations, different towns, I try to keep things lively and, and different. So if you're coming to the seminar 
and you're a regular, you're not going to say, oh, it's the same information, it's just mm. updated. So yeah. I try to show different things. And at the end of the day, it's really about somebody coming and learning. It's really educational. And I've guest speakers at every seminar. I've had a home inspector. I've had a loan officer. And I've said to them that it has to be educational. You're not coming in to say, I'm a great loan officer. I'm a great inspector. And, or I'm a great real estate attorney. I had one real estate attorney come in and talk about 1031 exchanges. When you have an investment property and you reinvest, you sell, but you reinvest another investment property. And he talked about that. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk about, here's what I can do as your real estate attorney. Here's how I add value. He just added value. Mm-hmm. And that's what my seminars are. They're educational. I don't talk about myself, but through through that process people see me as the as the expert sure. in, the, in the business and i had one person come up to me and said you you should like go on tv and do this <laughs> and i said oh you mean like sharon cable he goes no i mean like channel five <laughs> like real tv <laughs> i was like i don't know if i could do that but who knows maybe some point down the road but the, the true they have new facilities at Sharon Cable, I'm told. It's now at the high school, I'm told. That's right. Yeah. It, it moved. So the, the, to me, the true test is, am I just getting up there before people and just droning on and on about the market? Or are people interrupting me, which I encourage, and asking questions in this conversation? And, and I'll bring other people in because they might have a career related to real estate. There's m- even more of that than I ever could have imagined. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, you, you got well, we get into all these conversations about, okay, so what's going on with interest rates and how does that relate to the economy and how does that impact the market and how does that impact prices? And we get into these philosophical discussions sometimes and I'll, and I pull people in. I'll be like, oh, so-and-so, you're a loan officer. What are you seeing? You know, I'll talk about interest rates, and I'll, but I know enough to be dangerous. And so I'll say to somebody, is that what you're, is, is that what you're seeing? And usually they say, yeah, that's I'm seeing what you just said, but let me add a little color to it and right. so and i like that i i don't want to come across as the only person in the world who knows anything about the business and so i'll pull people in and we end up in these conversations that i have no idea going in that we're going to end up on this tangent and it's not really tangent it's real estate related but it's just not something that i thought up front would be part of the discussion mm. so the fact that there there's all this interaction to me that's how something like this is, is successful that People are engaged. So, and it sounds like a contrast to what is a phenomenon I know in, in certain financial circles, and that is they have retirement seminars, Things the top five things you need to know about retirement planning. And some of these, unfortunately, you go to, and they might, they're put on by reputable like Fidelity or, or Merrill Lynch or whoever. Unfortunately, with some of them, they, they talk to you for 90 minutes, and then the last five minutes is, and therefore... You need to invest in this new Merrill Lynch fund or this new Fidelity product. I shouldn't malign those companies. I'm just using them as hypotheticals. But it sounds like that's not what we're talking about here, especially since you'll field questions. You want to have a back and forth with people. It's not like you're – now, of course, it'd be, it, it, it helps your profile, and people can see that you're a person to be trusted, and maybe they will hire you. But it doesn't sound like it's a sales pitch. No, not at all. Yep. And, in fact, some people will maybe come up with – talk about their personal situation and I'll say, maybe this is a good time for you. Maybe it's not. And the goal is here's what's going on in the market. I talk to people about how timing the market isn't a good thing. And I think we talked about in, in one of these podcasts and, and you talked mm-hmm. a little, you know, you can apply that to any market, mm-hmm. but 
people sometimes talk about their own situation and I'll come out and I'll say, well, maybe this isn't the right time for you. This isn't based on what's going on in your life, the right time, but let's talk a little bit about it. And Mm -hmm. so, no, I don't say at the end, you should sell, let's work together. Mm -hmm. That's not my approach. Very good. And how do people find out about these seminars? So I have them um, every few months. I invite people through Facebook and LinkedIn. I set up a link on Zoom and advertise through uh, McMorgan's in Sharon. That's where I have them. They give me the back room. It's it's an awesome setup. I can fit my crowd, put my presentation up on the TV. So it's, so do you recommend people find you on uh, search for Mike Freeman Realtor on Facebook, and that's where they'll find the information about the next one? Or? Yeah, so I have not only personal page, but I have a business page called Mike Freeman's What's Going On in Real Estate, which okay. I know is a little lengthy, but that's what it is. <laughs> so I advertise the seminar there. I do Facebook ads. I have it on my personal site. I have it on LinkedIn. And then also through word of mouth, I will tell people when I when I see people, I'll send out emails. So I try to cast a wide network, and lately I've had 20, 25 people, which is a really good number, and I'm always looking to grow that's great. it. Nothing wrong with that. Very good. So we'll give more information about how to get in touch with Mike and everything that he does a little later in the show. For now, we before we depart, we are up to the more about Mike section of the show, where we find out a little bit more about the man behind the realtor. And so my question today comes from the world of music. It may be inspired by the trample that has gone on for Taylor Swift tickets and Bruce Springsteen tickets lately. Are you a Bruce guy? I, yeah, okay. I do like Bruce. Not as much as my son, which is, you wouldn't really? expect somebody in the next generation. But Interesting. when I saw him this past weekend, he just kept playing Bruce. And I have seen him in concert once. Me too. Just once. And, and once was great. But, I, I mean, I've become a snob with tickets. I, I have no interest in going to a stadium concert and sitting in section 301 million or whatever, way the hell back there. And unfortunately now, if you want tickets close to Bruce Springsteen, meaning... Within the first couple of sections, they're like eight hundred bucks, a thousand bucks a ticket. They're they're so expensive, and yeah. so a lot of times we'll wait until the week of the concert, and, yep. and ticket prices go down. Yep. But yeah, my son wants to see Bruce when he's here next year, and we'll see because I told him it's <laughs> going to be outrageously expensive. Yeah, you got to try to like you were talking about timing the market. That's another market you can try to time, and doesn't always doesn't always work. You go on the secondary market there. But let's let me pose this question to you: If you had to pick one concert that you've been to that was most memorable ever, what would it be? So Bruce was a great concert, but I would pick Green Day. Mm. And when I saw Green Day. I saw them with my son. He was much younger. He wasn't a little kid, but, you know, that that's part of why it was great because it was an experience just between me and him. But what I remember in addition to that is not only is their music phenomenal, mm-hmm. but it's just so lively and such a great show. And, and Billy Joe, their lead singer, mm-hmm. I remember him coming on and saying, you may not see us for a long time. We're going to come out and we're going to put on the best show you've ever seen. Mm. And then they do it. Yeah. They actually do it. And he acts like he isn't going to live until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just. He leaves it all on the stage. It's, he leaves sure. it all out there. They use that, that term in sports, yep. right. too. So, Yeah. So before we started recording, you and I doing a little prep discovered that we basically both have the same favorite. It might have even been the same uh, night. I imagine it was the same tour because you said it was at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, right? Yeah. And 
Did they do the shtick where they brought a kid on stage to play yes. guitar? Yes. Okay. What so, do you, yeah, tell me what you remember about so that. So we probably were at the same concert. Yeah. He, he pulled this kid on stage, and I don't remember how it started, but I do remember that he ended up giving the guitar. Yeah. The little kid was phenomenal. Yeah. And he was, so, he was, I want to say he was like 15, maybe 16 years old. He was, he was old enough to, to have sort of some sensibilities about him and he could play the guitar pretty well. That was it. He was like, can anyone play the guitar part? And this kid raises his hand. He brings him on stage, gives him the guitar. Yeah. But you're right. He wasn't yeah. like eight, but the kid came yeah. on stage. He played the guitar. He was really, really good. Yeah. And Billy Joe ended up giving him his guitar, which who knows how much that was worth. Yeah, I know. Right. People were just a concert shocked. used green day guitar. Even if it was a, piece of garbage it's it's got to be worth thousands if not more but yeah i remember him the the kid looking bewildered when billy joe says by the way you get to keep the guitar and the kid goes really no he's shaking his head no as if to say this can't be he's like yeah you get to keep the car the kid's going really Billy Joe says yes now get the hell off my stage but it was great it was great it, it really was the kid was probably so sky high that was how many years ago five six years ago he probably About still seven. the kid probably still hasn't come down from that high he probably hasn't washed his hands after touching that guitar <laughs> yeah they, they there's a lot for those that don't know Green Day they're they're really kind of a one-of-a-kind rock band of their generation because I think of them as hitting the scene in the 90s which is which sets them apart from other great rock bands that we grew up with obviously Aerosmith Eagles The Who Led Zeppelin all that we were listening to there aren't that many rock bands emerging anymore sadly just because of the way the industry works but they 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 put on such a great show Billy Joe is, is the ultimate sort of showman and coaxing the, the crowd into participating in certain songs there was one song that I was unfamiliar with but it's called King for a Day and they actually wore like Mardi Gras like costumes for it. Do you remember that? I don't. Yeah, that was. Uh, we'll we'll have to go back. But that and doesn't. That. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So who's before we go? You're if you had to pick someone that you haven't seen in concert yet that you would really like to. Is there anyone like that? Or you've pretty much seen all your favorites. I in my forties. Yeah. Not to disclose how old my I am, but <laughs> in my forties, I probably saw more. Of my favorite bands that I've seen in in every decade, who I'd love to see, and unfortunately you can't. Yeah, I'd love to see Led Zeppelin, and I've seen the Jason Bonham band a few times at the House of Blues, and they play all Led Zeppelin, and you feel like you're at a Led Zeppelin concert. Pretty close, but you're not quite. Yeah. So, well, you can go see the tribute band. Get the let out as one. Of their, yeah. Uh, this it's become sad. You and I are are getting up there a little bit in age when. A lot of the tribute bands are kind of even better than the original bands because <laughs> a bunch of kids in their 20s can put together a great Led Zeppelin tribute band, and they might be better than if you could assemble the remaining members of Led Zeppelin. They'd be really old and gray, like Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Exactly. <laughs> Robert Plant's not walking through exactly. that door. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, thinking of your question, I've yeah. been fortunate enough to see so many great bands I really can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I haven't seen mm. that I'd like to see. Maybe the Kinks. Ooh. I'd love to see the Kinks, but I think they stopped playing a long time ago. And like, and unlike many bands, which have come back because they need the money, mm-hmm. I don't think they're coming back. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. And, you, you, yeah, you mentioned Led Zeppelin. I My miss was Prince. I, I don't know if you're a fan, but I was always a somewhat of a fan. But then I've heard he put on such great shows, and unless the ghost of Prince returns, uh, I've missed that train. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yep. I, looking back now, I wish I had seen Prince. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we can't see Prince, but we can see you in two weeks when Freeman on Real Estate returns. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you enjoyed it, and we know you did, please follow it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows. If you want to email Mike, you can email him at mike.freeman at anymoves.com. I'm, I wasn't even looking at my notes. That was off the top of my head. Was that right? You got it right, Dave. You're, <laughs> okay. you're getting used to it. And tell us where they can go on the web to learn more about what you do. MikeFreemanHomes.com. You'll find a lot of great information there. And make sure to check Mike's group on Facebook or LinkedIn to learn more about those seminars. And Mike, if people want to reach you by the phone, would you be willing to give out that number? Absolutely. 617-759-1513. Always happy to talk about real estate or anything else you want. Mike, terrific job as usual. Thanks a lot, Dave. I appreciate that. We will see you next time. Freeman on Real Estate.